All right, hey, welcome back to another exciting episode of Spellstorm Miniatures. My name is Jeremiah. I'm Dan. And I'm Chad. And we have a great episode planned for you. Uh, we're going to have our Rain and Hell campaign update. And so we're pretty excited about this. And it's been something that's been going on uh, for the month of September and the month of October. And uh, we'd love to just share with you some of the things that we've learned and and uh, some of the things that we really, really like about the game and things like that. But hey, before we get there, um, have you folks, have you guys played any other games recently? Well, I've kind of been a trader and haven't really done any miniature games, but um, just Flesh and Blood, as we talked about before, got a lot of games in that. And so uh, I got the honor of taking down the first uh, Armory event at Rune and Board, the Lexi uh, Blitz event. So got myself the Cold Foil Shiver. So nice. that was pretty cool. But nice. Yeah, we've been pretty you know, handy because that was the deck you won with, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. We've been getting a lot of uh, table time with Flesh and Blood too, so we've been doing some, doing some um, draft events and, and then of course the the Rune and Board Armory events. So, uh, yeah, that's great that those are happening now. So okay, but just Flesh and Blood for you, Dan. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did a demo game for uh, Richard, one of our uh, community members, a couple of weeks ago. Of flesh and blood um kind of stumbled through some of it because i'm still really new to it as well um but other than that i haven't gotten to play much uh, but i have started working on uh, making some upgrades from the pre-con of prism uh to something more competitive so nice. i've got sadly i've only got about half of the deck even with the stuff that my roommates gave me but there's still like quite a bit and unfortunately there's a couple of armor pieces that are hard to find and very pricey. So I have a feeling I'm going to be without those for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. So, the, the game yeah. is still relatively new. And so, you yeah. know, the, the market swings pretty, pretty uh, big swings with some of the, some of those prices. So, well, I mean, the problem is, is that they're, they're like mythic or legendaries that everyone is looking for for prism it's basically like the best of the best armor options for a couple yeah. of slots and right now they're like i think they're breaking at least the 200 mark uh i think i think the legs i think the legs are only foil and cold foil and i i think they're going for like around 300 or something and that's just oh, wow. that's well, way yeah. above my head so well, i'm gonna have to work edition. with some par stuff for a while um but i uh i also picked up the briar precon which i was going to mention later uh and i'm also thinking about um trying to put a kasai deck together because that one looked really interesting to me uh and i I'll have to talk to you later about that, Jeremiah, because you actually played that at the first Armory event. Yeah, and I played it again today. And oh, okay, yeah. And I actually beat Oz with it. And nice. So I don't, you know, I don't beat Oz very much in anything anymore. <laughs> and so, <laughs> well, um, when you've yeah. got time to do research, um, <laughs> turns out you can you can gain a lot of knowledge that helps you in the games. Yeah. No, I, I really enjoy Flesh and Blood, and 
Um, and uh, I think it's great. So, any any minis games for you, Chad? Uh, no, sadly, the last couple of weeks on Wednesdays, um, I've been doing other stuff at the shop. Uh, last oh, Wednesday, right. I was supposed yeah. to do a demo game of um, Warcaster for our new employee, but unfortunately, they weren't able to make it, and so um, I. I played, <laughs> I kind of played two games in the Popper event that ended up going on, which for people who don't know, Popper is a magic constructed format that is commons only. It's highly competitive. I've got a black blue control deck that I've played for a really long time. Uh, unfortunately, my opponent brought, brought slivers and wiped the floor with me quite quickly. So um, uh, unfortunately didn't get to do that. And then the week before that, um i there i was the odd man and so i let other people play on on wednesday yeah. and then set up the table to play the flesh and blood or not flesh and blood oh my gosh um the rain and hell game that i'll talk about a little bit later when we get into the meat of our topic that's right yeah yeah and outside of uh uh our our rain and hell campaign um the only other miniatures game that i'm getting a lot of games in right now is warhammer 40k so I uh, I played a, a cool thousand points uh, recently, and um, and it was uh, a lot of fun. That game, uh, I chose a couple of secondaries that I thought would uh, that looked easy uh, to me because I'm still kind of learning the game, and you know, there's a lot of text and there's a lot of like rules that layer over each other uh, to make 40k work, and so I chose secondaries that looked easy. Uh, turns out they were actually easy to achieve as well. And so I ended up getting my opponent um, on the run a little bit because what uh, I was able to score, um, uh, the primary objective was pretty good, and then the secondary objectives. But what really turned the tide is when I blew up uh, their tank and, and or I you know brought the tank's life down to zero or whatever, and then he rolls to see if it blows up. And so it does blow up and and it does it in like glorious fashion, uh, eliminating like three other units. And so in one turn, four of his units are gone. And so uh, and so after that, he was sort of, you know, he I think we went one more round and then he was like, hey, uh, I just want to call it. And I was like, sure. So at that point, I was up uh, 49, 15, I think, on points. And, um, and so, uh, I felt, I felt really, felt really good about that. That was probably my first, like, um, uh, Warhammer 40 K game where I felt like I was driving and like, I, and I knew it was happening and, you know, and, and like, and not a lot of things were happening to me in that game. And so a lot of the decisions were you know being led by me, yeah. but then also, um, I got a, a crusade game in and crusade is why I wanted to play 40k. And so um and so we did that and it was a little bit longer. Uh took a little while to set up. Uh we were basically did did like a three person game where me and Nick were teammates and then Colton commanded two armies. So it was two armies against two armies and Colton was just the pilot of both those uh, opposing armies. And it was fun to be able to sit there and strategize with Nick about like what, where we wanted to go on the board and things like that. But the thing is, is I knew like nothing about his army. 
And so his army has tricks that my army doesn't have. And so I, I couldn't give him good solid input. Um, but uh, the, the coolest moment happened though for me is when one of the Necron units, the, uh, one of the guys was holding a relic that it basically allows them to deep strike to another location in the board. And so he did that. And so this unit of like, I don't know, 24 guys or 30 guys pop in behind my Imperial Knight. And, and then it was within 12 inches of my Imperial Knight. I was able to use a stratagem that allows me to immediately shoot at them as if it was my, my shooting phase. And so I got to fire all my weapons at them. And I just felt awesome. I mean, doing that, you know what I mean? So it's like he, he pulled a trick and then I pulled the trick, you know? So I don't know. 40 K is starting to come alive for me. It feels good. So, yeah, but I guess that's what happens when you, when you play a bunch of games, right? Yeah. Well, and <laughs> what happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the, uh, there's, it's almost like another sub game a little bit with the secondary strategy or the secondary objectives, and some of the yeah. primary objectives, because you really have to kind of do a quick assessment of where where you think things are going to be on the table sometimes, and what you think you are going to be able to remove before you even start setting up, uh, which can be really tricky. Like I feel like yeah. if you're not paying attention, it's probably kind of easy to accidentally pick something that is not going to be very beneficial. Yeah. Well, and that's I think that's the difference between like War Machine and Warhammer. Um, in War Machine, one of the things that was pounded into me early was playing two scenario was very beneficial, you know, for for the game. And so, you know, you you had you had the clock play, you had the scenario play, and and of course, assassination was always on the table. Um, uh, but like, but you and your opponent are both playing to the same scenario. Where in 40k, um, every scenario has like a primary objective that you both, you and your opponent are both playing for, but then you're allowed to pick two secondaries. And so, and, and some of the secondaries I chose were different than the secondaries that my opponent chose. Yeah. And so that, that adds, you're right, uh, Chad, when you said that, 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 that adds a whole nother layer. Yeah. And, um, but, but the idea of playing two scenario this is driven in my head having come from war machine. And so, um, and so the, you know, so I'm always thinking about it, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm still so new to the game. There's so many armies that I don't know what they do. So if it was blind luck that I picked good ones against Fox and, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, but anyway, Hey, uh, today's topic is an exciting topic. Um, a couple episodes, we announced that we wanted to do something with our listeners. We wanted to do a Rain and Hell campaign. Rain and Hell, uh, the new minis agnostic rule set that was released by uh, Uncle Adam and Vince Venturilla. And, um, and so uh, we did that. We reached out to our listeners on the Discord server, and we got enough people interested that we were able to form two pods and see Dan, you and me are in the happen to be in the same pod. And then Chad, you're in a second pod. Yep. And, and so what I, what, what I wanted to do with this episode 
is kind of give an update for the rest of our listeners who aren't participating in the campaign and talk about the games, talk about some of the highlights of the games, uh, maybe some of the things that we really like about the rule set, because we each have got um, enough experience now uh, playing, uh, you know, playing in them that, you know, I think we can, you know, beyond reading the rules, you know, now we have experience with the rules, we can, we can give a good review. So uh, what do you guys think of the game so far? Um, Let's just have a kind of a, just kind of a, a, a free organic conversation about it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you said, it's one of those where you read the rules and it's fairly straightforward. Um, but then playing it always adds that that mix, right? You know, you can actually, like I said, experience it a bit. Um, so I think it was enjoyable. Um, it's it's definitely been good so far. Where was expecting kind of the the rules ish light, where yeah, we have some time to look up things and kind of a casual game. And uh, so far, I think it's definitely lived up to that that initial expectation and feel that it's not going to be precise measurement. We're worrying about, you know, every little thing and having to look up like six different interactions to do one thing. Right. So I guess that's my, my first impression off of it so far. Yeah. Yeah. The, I only got to play, I've only gotten to play one game uh, so far because as fate, as fate always has it, um, my work schedule changed a little bit right before we were supposed to start doing games. So my wide open weekends, uh, unfortunately turned into one day. Uh, and then my Wednesdays are frequently taken up. The back half of Wednesdays are frequently taken up, uh, setting up stuff for war machine night at the store, uh, for everybody and playing that. So, uh, my schedule became a little bit tight, but, uh, I did get to play a game against two other people in our pot of four, uh, and we did a three-way game that was pretty fun. Uh, the scenario was the Crystal Towers, where there are four different pillars, uh, and you roll a d4, and that's how many souls are on the pillar. And then once Ooh. around, um, anyone that is nearby a pillar that has more of their demons around it, you know, as long as you've secured the the pillar, um, you can draw a soul from the pillar to add to your sheet. Uh, for the end of the game. So you're trying to get some extra souls while also fighting off people who may be trying to come and steal them, um, steal them from the pillars and stuff. So uh, it was definitely pretty interesting. Hans and I both play, I think kind of similar armies a little bit where they're a little bit more tricky mobile. And Tyler was playing uh, Lords of hell and um, he just kind of went the more combat stat focused and like combats, you know, combat six saturation and Hans and I were kind of fighting it out. And then slowly, uh, Tyler was just kind of moving across the board because I got deployed in the corner between the two of them. Mm. Um, and unfortunately I lost my succubus really early because in the second round, I, I rolled my initiative dice and we all had a 12 but then I realized that I didn't take one out because one of my demons had died. So then I re-rolled the entire pool and I didn't roll a 12. Mm -hmm. So I lost my chance to get into the initiative and try and activate my succubus and get her out before uh, Tyler's um, leader came home and came over and just beat her up. Um, but so far, like it's, it's definitely been really good. There's, um, some really cool things. Um, 
and you know it was uh, Tyler and Hans had played a game against each other. This is the first game that I had played, uh, and I was taking a little bit of extra time trying to figure out what I wanted to activate when. But by the end of the game, it was a little bit more clear. Um, yeah. It was uh, it was better. Plus, like it was it's always fun watching the dice spikes in those uh when you're rolling a pool of dice because there was oh man one of the highlights i think it was my boy was it my armored i think it was my armored demon was getting charged by one of his like combat demons and he rolled up like five hits or something like that and i had focused I think I had focused, so I got my five combat dice plus one extra for the focus. Yep. And I rolled four sixes, and then I got to change a result to a six, so I just completely negated his charge. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Because abili- the ability of the armored demon is that when you roll your defense roll, you get to automatically change one of them to a six. So you automatically yeah. block one. But yeah. I was just like, nope, you're just not doing any damage. And the, the armored ones are tough. They start with 13 life. Yeah. That's yeah, that's one of the things. So so when you first build your warband, you uh you know, you bring in uh you can only hire lesser demons or add lesser demons to your to your warband. And each lesser demon has just a basic stat line and depending on, you know, what, whichever demon it is, and then one ability. Yeah. And what's fun is a lot of times those abilities, um, you know, they're only used when in certain scenarios. And yeah. so, uh, uh, so like your guy, that, that ability can be used when you're playing and when you're being attacked. Right. Yeah. Um, but like the slaughter fiend minion, uh, that one it can only use its ability if he chooses a certain attack style. Yeah, and and so which is, which is really good. Though. Yeah, it's really good because it lasts for a round. Yeah, yep. yeah. So, but like they, um, uh, that's one of the things I like about the game is its simplicity. I mean, you only have three stats to worry about. Yeah, and and then There's the one ability. F- yeah, so. there's only there's only three attack types. It's it's yeah. actually super easy. It's either yeah. focus, which is you don't move and you just attack, and you get a bonus to your attack and your defense. There's the charge, which is well, not just a bonus. It actually changes your combat value for a round. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it increases it by one. Yeah, uh, there's charge where you move and then attack, and you get a plus one. And then there's the, I think it's called skirmish, where you can break up your movement. You can move, attack, and then continue your movement. Yeah. Those are the three different combat styles. So, like, you're picking one of those three every turn. Yeah. And it's basic. You know, you get you get a move and an attack on your on your activation. And if you don't attack, you don't, you just move, right? You know, you can't move, move, you know. It's very simple, and but the board is small, and so you engage relatively quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was on the note of yeah, with the boards being a little smaller, it's kind of the smaller board than I've usually used to playing. And then with the yeah. terrain, I Definitely. felt very um, boxed in at times. Like my models, because they're larger bases, I had a lot of fifty millimeter bases. Yeah, man, they just were just kind of on top of each other and yeah, it made pile up real quick. <laughs> yeah. In my initial move and like how to get around things. And at one time, like one was kind of blocking and I couldn't really support him because I couldn't get 
anything else to help engage the things on the other side. And then the way I had moved in, not thinking about it, um, where the board edge was, basically I couldn't back the other one out and kind of yo-yo them. So, um, <laughs> oh, no. yeah, that was that's definitely one of the things that was kind of interesting with the non-standard base size is yeah adjusting to that. And then, you know, another opponent has like all like 25 and 30 millimeter bases. You're like, hmm, yeah, you're getting around easier. <laughs> yeah, I think I think my I think my army is two 40 millimeters currently and the other five are 25 millimeters. So oh, I don't wow. have yeah. too much trouble unpacking everything, especially because so one of my 40 millimeters is the succubus which can move over models. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or at least we we kind of agreed that you can, because Fly says you can move over terrain without any penalty, uh, but it says terrain or any obstacle. And so we were just like, yeah, you can you can move over any model. You just, you fly up without penalty, and then you fly back down. Like, yeah. as long as you don't land on a base, because the wording is kind of vague. It says like you what is it you ignore you can pass over training obstacles um without any penalty and as long as you don't land on another model's base which imply that wording implies that you can move over models as long as you don't end up landing on a base yeah we, we ruled that the same as well in yeah. our pod yeah so i think i think one of the things that i when i take a rule book like this you know where it's intentionally rules light um, I, I take the more permissive reading versus the more restrictive reading in yeah. a lot of ways. And also I treat terrain that way too. Yeah. So like if you have a doorway and even though you have a wide base that wouldn't physically fit through the doorway, the idea is that your, you know, your minion can go through there, you yeah. know, and arches and things like that, obviously arches, but, um, and, and I think that makes it more it makes it more fun when, 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 as you're making decisions, you're getting more green lights than you are yellow or red lights telling you that you can't do something. And, um, and so like, you know, my opponent was like, can I do this? And I go, yeah, do it. Like, you know, like seriously, I'm not going to tell you no, because that's not the, you know, um, I don't think it's the spirit of the game. So, yeah. um, going back to what Dan was talking about in the beginning, it, it truly is just a fun, you know, beer and pretzels kind of game. So, yeah. well, and the other point that I wanted to bring up about my game is that we played a three person game. Um, and we went the full five rounds of the match mm -hmm. and we finished our post combat stuff, or at least I think hands and I did, I think Tyler had to take off, but we did it in like less than three hours. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's insane to me <laughs> as a person that's used to playing war machine or seeing like 40 K games or multiplayer 40 K games take at least like three hours to, to have all of that. Like, and granted, like I already had the table and the scenario set up. Like I took probably about half an hour beforehand to do yeah. it before they got there so that we could sit down and play. But we like chatted a little bit about our war bands beforehand and, um, kind of you know played the game a little bit leisurely i took a little bit longer because it was the first game that i played but like yeah. even then like still 
yeah. three hours is is pretty awesome. So, well, we did a four player game in yeah. about the same, right? Yeah, yeah. that's about I, w- I would say about two and a half. I mean, that was with like setup, oh, yeah. I mean, probably tear down, um, yeah, and all five rounds and everything. And again, I think it was a little bit slow, only again because um, two of us were really kind of experiencing it for the first time and like have to look up stuff and then uh two more were you know you guys are still kind of familiar but not totally familiar with everything yeah, yeah. But i think once you get a little bit more familiar with like oh that demon that's what their ability does or that's what this does yeah. all of a sudden it just like speeds up i think we could have done the game in an hour even um yeah. i yeah. think that's true. Yeah. yeah i think by the time we got about to the third round i was really kind of starting to um get things figured out of like what i wanted to activate which abilities i was doing and stuff like that and so it just became a lot a lot more fluid uh from then on and i and i suspect that my other games will be just so so like they will just be more fluid from now on and and um you know that's good that's that's really nice in a rule in a rules lighter system like that you want it to to not feel like a slog through the entire game yeah. Uh, and maybe it's some of our experience with other miniatures games i would it would be interesting to take this game to someone that's never played a minis game before and see see how that goes um maybe that's something we do later but uh i mean right now for us it seems like it it's going pretty pretty smoothly for everyone to pick up yeah yeah so one thing i noticed at the beginning too was i was a little bit more hesitant in my first turn but then after a couple battle sequences cuz i'm kind of I guess again, War Machine. You get in too close, you get Alpha Strike. Your guy's off the board before he does every anything, right? Yeah. But between the life total and then how blocks happen, um, you know, so even if someone rolls nine dice against you, you still have, you know, a chance to defend, you know, six hits, right? Um, and even then, six isn't necessarily going to always take someone out, right? Yeah. So I found it. You could get engaged a little bit better in battle and not have to worry about necessarily getting alpha striked and just taking off the board before you do anything. You're probably, yeah. if your initiative is half decent and you don't just put someone in the middle of like 10 more people to go, you have a good chance of kind of one-on-one or one-on-two surviving a couple rounds or at least one round, if not two. Yeah. Um, and and that was something else that I encountered is feeling out the way that those combats are going to go. Um, yeah. Cause I didn't like sit and, you know, I didn't beforehand, roll against myself to see how it would go. But after seeing those first couple of combats and realizing that like, it's probably going to take like, unless somebody rolls really well, I think on average, it's probably going to take at least two combats before you take something out. Unless you can like pile in like combat, actual attack sequences, whether you can get like three of your dudes onto one guy like in rapid succession or if it's two people slogging it out i think it's usually going to take like two at least two combat sequences before somebody goes down and that's only if like someone's rolling damages really well and blocks are lower but then as as that keeps going on like i think my armored demon survived for two or three I think my armored demon survived for about three rounds, three total rounds of combat, which mm. was her attacking, her attacking, and then her being attacked at least once each round for a couple of those rounds and managed to survive. 
and they great. start with 13 hit points. So, you know, that's a yeah. good that's a good couple of rounds of combat before before it's yeah. taken out. So going back on um like the scenario piece, mm-hmm. um the first time uh I played, we you know, we rolled on the random the chart to choose our scenario. And I love it how, you know, um, it comes with some really fun scenarios. Many of them designed for two to four players, mm-hmm. like which is like perfect for what we're trying to do, right? So the first game that I played uh, was, was a one-on-one, and we completely misread the scenario and played it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and so... We uh, we misaligned what uh, what the where like the souls were coming from, and so it basically just kind of became a combat thing, mm-hmm. and so and so we just kind of met in the middle and fought and for five rounds, and it didn't feel very um, uh, it didn't feel as much fun I guess because um, mostly just because we misread the scenario. And so, um, so at the end of the game, you know, I had the roll on all these all these tables, uh, you know, the end of the game tables, yeah. and I didn't roll very well. And so, oh, a lot no. of my guys were affected and um, had to change their stats, and, and I didn't find any essence or any relics or anything. Like I didn't get any. I got beat up in the game. I had one guy, one survivor at the end of the game. And then, and then I got beat up on the tables afterwards. And so when we rolled into the next game, we, we had a better understanding of the scenario that that one was the beast. And so we had the beast in the middle of the board and we had four of us in the corners. And, um, and so, uh, I was determined to, to go after the beast and what you can do instead of trying to slay it. Uh, you can try to gain control of it. And so the first person to, um, and so instead of making an attack roll, you roll six dice. And then if you uh, get a natural six, uh, that counts as one successful attempt at controlling it. And the first person to get 10 successful attempts now controls the beast uh, for the, for future rounds for the rest of the game. And and so I started in early on it, and I got three or four really quick successes. Yeah. And I was one of the first persons to do that. And then I started getting distracted by engaging my enemy. And, and I remember having uh, 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 to go use the restroom. So I went to use the restroom. And, and in, in my walk to the, bath, to the bathroom and back, I... I had like this, this light bulb moment that was like, wait a minute. I, the first round, I was playing to scenario. Second round, I completely abandoned my my mission of playing to the scenario. And so from that point forward, I re-engaged the scenario. And I actually gained control of the beast. And so then I had the beast at the end of the game, which means I won the scenario. Yep. Right? And um, But it was so much fun because because there was this like engagement that was taking place in the middle. I think Dan, you probably engaged the beast the second most um, yeah. after me. And then, but then each one of us, we also were kind of fighting. We had our own 
like um, uh, theaters of battle, if you will, uh, theaters of war. I don't know what the phrase is. You'll have to forgive me. But um, and so and so we were earning souls and we were doing all the things that we were supposed to do in the thing while this beast was around. And the beast ate like three of my two of my guys. Like, well, he, yeah. like he was still it was dangerous. scenario. Yeah. So so the beast, right, was starts in the middle and it recommends like a 60 mil or bigger. And we we're playing my place. Uh, no one had a 60 mil or bigger, right? I had a bunch of 50 mils. Right. So Jeremiah says, like, oh, just grab your dracodile. Sure. <laughs> I, I have a I have a lava themed um dracodile, which is on a hundred and twenty millimeter base, right? Yeah. So yeah, we buddy. had a very, very large, angry red beast in the middle. <laughs> um and so as as a reference, it has 40 hit points, move eight and twelve combat value. Yes. Oh, so um when this thing struck and I was rolling for it, and I guess I shouldn't have rolled because I rolled a lot of my good rolls, it was usually doing nine to twelve hits because it was oh, like two boy. ups and everything, right? No one yeah. could touch this thing. And it would go after the closest model. And so every time you go to try to control it, right? you had a good chance of you had a good chance of being eaten, right? Because <laughs> you're within an inch of it. Um, and then Jeremiah, you had a bunch of methods that you were able to just fling in there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what got you up early, but then your people got eaten. So that's right. <laughs> um, and then unfortunately it started, it kind of, it auto plays like, like you said, it, it plays like that and gives you instructions until someone controls it. And poor Mike, happened to start being the closest one all the time. And it started going after him until like terrain kind of messed with it. Um, so he was having a rough time. <laughs> that yeah. Beast. yeah but, when you guys... Well, and not only that, I, I threw my devout at him and my yeah. devout is a combat focused model. And so I was eating his guys on <laughs> one, on one side of the terrain on the other side that, you know, the beast was eating his other guys. So, <laughs> right. So, yeah, yeah. I think he still had a good time with it. But like you said, you know, you you went and you came back and then you just started racking up those grabs again. And by that time, I was so engaged over in the other corner with JC. That I, oh, yeah. you know, and I, you know, I, I gave it a shot and I missed. I rolled the 66, didn't get a single six. And at that point, I said, you know what? I'm like three control points behind. There's no way I'm going to catch up to this thing, especially since most of my initiative rolls were in the back half. Um, yeah. So it was kind of. Dude. I think there were two rounds where I rolled three twelves. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I had great initiative that whole game. Yeah, some tens even. I, mean, I remember yeah. one time you had three twelves and two tens. I was like, "There's, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> oh, I know. I was lucky. I got to right. make a lot of my decisions before anybody. Yeah, exactly. So, so um, that's one thing interesting about the game too is how those initiative swings. Um, where sometimes it's like advantageous to go a little bit last so everyone else is activated so you know which demons you can commit where. Um, yeah, but other times, yeah. once you're engaged, right, there was a there's an important time that my slaughter fiend was next to JC's slaughter fiend. And so doing the focus, I went up my combat value by two. And so now I was larger than him. So it was two ups. And then when it came to him, it was three ups to reattack me, right? So I I was able to activate first and kind of gain the yeah, advantage. Get, get that advantage. Yeah. You know, um, so stuff like that and just being able to, you know, 
recognize those sort of things. Um, like you're saying, Chad, about like someone maybe who hasn't played miniature games, kind of, you know, if you've played the miniature games, you can kind of recognize those type of moves, I think a little bit quicker of, you know, moving in and like when to activate who sort of thing. So yeah. Yeah. How do you guys and, like about rolling um, on the tables at the end? Um, I actually uh, haven't got around to mine yet. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I need to do it. I, I got super lucky. So two of my demons managed to survive. Um, my leader and I think it was I think it was my leader and my slaughter fiend. Uh, but my my devout, my armored, my two spines, and my mephit um, all bit the dust in the game. I got super lucky that two of them rolled no injury. Two of them rolled weakened, so they get a minus one stat. Mm-hmm. And I think I just chose. I think it shows minus one speed or minus one health for one of them. I don't remember. I have it written down. Uh, but I, I can choose minus speed because um, I don't care as much because my boon is plus one speed naturally. So I can lose the speed and still be at pace with everybody else. Yeah, uh, and then yeah. my devout actually rolled a very interesting one. Uh, my devout rolled twisted, which is you pick... Okay. Uh, life, combat, or speed, and you subtract one, and then you pick again and plus one. So I think I actually did minus one speed and plus one combat mm. because um, mm. the the succubus, yeah, the succubus is really only is only combat four, and until your demons start killing other demons its passive ability for damage reduction doesn't really go into effect. Mm-hmm. And so like a four combat is very low, unfortunately, especially like when you're playing against the Lords of hell and everyone's like six up. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, not was... everyone is, I play Lords of hell, yeah. but I have a bunch of methods who are only combat three. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I would definitely went with it. I went with a different build. Yeah, style. see, Tyler, Tyler went very combat focused. So he he has two methods, but one of the the Lords of Hell trait is that you get a free lesser uh, in your warband. Yeah. So he picked an armored demon. So he has two <laughs> methods, two armors, two slaughters, and I think, and then he has his devout, and then his uh, his leader. And his leader is a combat specialist, and the devout is a combat specialist. <laughs> so it's just eight beefy dudes like yep. <laughs> coming across the battlefield at you, and it's it was scary once he finally like he was kind of committing a little bit early in the game, but like, and it was a lot of Hans and I duking it out a little bit, yeah. and then by the time he caught up and engaged in it, it was just it was just dropping hammer fists. Right. Uh, over and over. So yeah. um, it's one thing is it kind of looks like high combat stat saturation and extra bodies seems kind of like a path to victory. But uh, initially, like kind of on the surface based on that. Um, but I wonder how much of that was also just the fact that like Hans and I were deployed next to each other in corners and then Tyler was over on my other corner and the person that would have been caddy corner for me was an empty space. Mm. So yeah. I was kind of caught between the two of them. I wonder if Tyler and I had swapped places, how that may have been different. If we would have been able to kind of overwhelm him a little bit as we kind of 
hit him on two fronts. Um, yeah. Plus, if you're weakened, you know, that's one thing I tried to look for, too, was if someone was weakened, can I can I maybe get that finishing blow? Yeah, can, you, can you sneak yeah. in and sneak, sneak the kill? Yeah. The souls and... Um, exactly. There was one... Oh, man. Right at the end of the game, I uh, used my Slaughter Fiend before... I think it was after his Devout went, and I tried to kill it. He only had two health left or something like that. And I rolled just enough to do two damage. And we kind of caught this after the fact or as it was happening that I had enough dice that I could have, I had some soul dice with good enough stats that I could have replaced to do all hits. And he would have had to have burned two of his dice Mm. to try and succeed to stay alive. Uh, Or no, he, he would have had to burn two sixes, but he only had one six in his pool. But the problem is, is that I only had three, three soul dice in total. I would have had to use two of my three soul dice to force him to use either one or none, which would have been none, because if he's going to die using the one doesn't do anything. And then I would have gotten a D6 back. And so yeah. what, we kind of caught it because we, we like kind of rushed through it because it was a really exciting moment. It was like one of the last activations and I was just trying to finish off his devout uh, who had been terrorizing the battlefield. And, um, and we kind of missed the timing of like, uh, like I make my rolls and then I decide if I'm going to substitute and then he makes his rolls and decides if he's going to substitute or not. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we kind of decided, I was like, okay, well, I would use, I wouldn't use two because it doesn't make sense. I would use one to force you to use one of yours to block it, to stay alive. So that's what we ended up doing. He ended up with one health, uh, his devout with one health, just barely surviving. Hmm. But it was kind of, it was a, it was a cool moment where, especially because of the models, I I should have taken a picture of it, but like he's using, it's basically a modified um, Ogryn Myrmidon from Warcry, which is like the, it's a big horned like centaur kind of looking, or not centaur, uh, minotaur looking demon that has big old wings. It's got, it's modified with like a big sword and I'm pl- I'm using my Daughters of Cain miniatures and I'm using uh, my Slaughter Fiend is one of the ones from uh, that's got double knives and kind of this like crouched combat. So it was like this tiny little thing trying to kill this giant demon. And I should have taken, I should have snapped a picture of it, but it was a, uh, it was a cool little moment of, of almost taking out this big demon that had been yeah. wreaking havoc. Yeah. But that's it was a lot of fun. Yeah. You got to remember those soul dice that, uh, that kind of double bit me. I got sliced yeah. twice on that one. Um, yeah, or my, I would... yeah, got attacked and, yeah. Um, I rolled and I needed one, just one six, right? Um, and I could have stayed alive and he couldn't activate anything more. He was out of, uh, range or initiatives, um, to do anything. And so we rolled it and I looked at it and then I was like, I looked over at my soul dice after we had taken them off the board and I was like, oh wait, I can replace with a soul dice. Can I? Cause I had a six on a soul dice and yeah just let it go. And then the next round or later that round, I was attacking his guy. 
I did just enough. And then he's like, oh, wait, I can replace the soul dice. And like, uh, <laughs> oh, no. I wouldn't have said anything. I would have killed his guy. But if I would have remembered, I would have saved mine. And probably yeah. my devout would have lived. And I probably could have taken yeah. out his leader the next turn. Yeah. But, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it sounds, like, it sounds like we're all having fun uh, playing the game. Uh, the campaign is designed to go, that we're having is designed to go through the end of the month. And so hopefully we'll be able to uh, get get more games in and things like that. But uh, yeah, I have before... a game scheduled for this week. Hen, nice. Uh, yes. and I are going to get together and play. Games. Yeah, so do we. So do we in our pod. Um, before we get to the next topic, uh, just in general, I'm going to I'm going to give the game two thumbs up. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, it's definitely worth uh, uh, checking out if, if you if you haven't. So, yeah. Especially I mean, if you've got some extra minis and you've got the the dice you need. <laughs> it kind yeah. of ironically turns out that I, well, at least I didn't have quite enough D12s. Um, so I had to go out and buy a couple <laughs> D12s yeah. to make up for... You don't play enough fighters in, uh, in D&D. Right. Yeah. That's just it. <laughs> I don't. I if don't. You have, if you have some D6s, enough D12s, like 10 D12s, and I would say like a good 10 to 15 D6s, and 10 bucks... You can basically get started if you have some other models to, you know, right. in there. And you, and you know, we all do. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, and I was actually using. I've got a bunch of uh, spin down life counters that I uh, from oh. playing Magic that I was using spin downs for my hit point trackers, so I didn't have to keep it on a piece of paper. Or anything. Oh, that's kind of smart. Yeah. So. Nice. Nice. Well, let's. Uh, why don't we shift over to confession time? Speaking of, if you have any models around. I'm sure that uh, yeah. <laughs> what uh, what kind of uh, purchases have you guys made, or Kickstarters you've backed, or or things that you uh, um, have picked up since the last time we recorded? Yeah, uh, trying to think back. I think I kickstarted a couple small things, um, just a couple again little D and D things, like one that was like a dollar, right? It was just putting it out there. Um, some more STL files, bought some. Flesh and blood stuff and some stuff to go along with that. Um, but again, I guess when it comes to minis, I haven't really picked up any specific minis uh, the last few weeks. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I went a little bit ham uh, this past week or so. Uh, the start collecting for Daughters of Cain box that I've been waiting for finally came in. Uh, so I snagged that, and then I finally decided to grab the second Shadow and Pain box that we had brought into the store uh, oh. because I I managed to get rid of the Slanesh side, and the value was just too good for what's left in the in the Daughters of Cain side. Um, I really like the the Bow Snakes, the Blood Sisters. They're really good. The Blood Stalkers, which are the melee versions of them, are also really solid. And between the start collecting box and the contents that I got in the Shadow and Pain, um, I've got almost everything that I need for the 2,000-point list that I eventually want to start playing. The only thing that I'm missing is Marathi herself. Wow. So I decided That's to pull cool. the trigger and get those two things. It's going to be my minis purchasing for a little while until um, the zeros, the zero warlocks come in and then the riot quest, not right. Yeah. The riot quest stuff comes out in like the November, December. Like I'm going to have to tighten my belt a little bit and uh, that's going to have, that's going to have to be it for minis purchases for a little bit. Nice. Yeah. 
Well, I think since the last time we recorded, um, I picked up some Imperial Knight stuff uh, secondhand, and then I have picked up some Admech stuff. Um, I created uh, a list, a 2,000-point list, that is a combination of Imperial Knights and Adeptus Mechanicus. And so the idea is to lean heavily on the Knights, because that's really what I want to play. But to have just a little bit more scenario presence with the Admech. So, and and the Admech can, they provide some, uh, I was reading some of their rules on the app. Um, they provide some uh, pretty fun sniping abilities that, you know, the Imperial Knights uh, weapons don't have. So, um, like the ability to ignore cover and things like that. So, um, pretty excited about that. Um, really enjoying the 40k journey I'm on. So, <laughs> yeah. And actually, yeah, going into, uh, let's go to the, the hobby desk. Um, I did, I did do an eBay rescue of a, of an Imperial Knight that, I, I was looking at it and it didn't look right. And of course I was I'm still new to both the game and the faction. And so I don't recognize all the weaponry and stuff, but I was looking at this knight, and it doesn't look right. And I can't tell if it's nicely painted or not, um, you know, because of the picture and I, but it was only marked for 75 bucks Buy it now. And so, you know, which is cheaper than like, you know, the kit and, you know, and stuff. And so, you know, so I messaged the guy and I was like, Hey, what's up with your night? You know? And he just goes. <laughs> and so he sent me back a message of some of the things that he did to it. And, and I was like, Oh, okay. I, I can live with that. And so, uh, so I just bought it. And, and then when I got it, um, I realized that he had messed up with the compare, uh, the carapace weapons and, you know, and stuff. And so, um, and one of them was like completely broken and, 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 and the other one, like he had like multiple attached to it and it only takes one at a time. And so, so it wasn't like, you know, le legit model. Right. And so, um, so anyway, took, took the part of, took it apart a little bit and took, took the, like the hood of the, of its body, like where the carapace weapon would go. That's where some of the damage was. And, uh, went into the store and color matched it because uh, it looked like it was Citadel paints and and so I color matched it and and, um, and so so I was able to make that repair and then and then I took the second carapace weapon and I repainted it to match my other knights that I have which are magnetized and and then I uh, did the did the magnetization on that so now I have multiple carapace weapons options for my magnetized ones. And this guy here, um, because it's an eBay rescue, he's his build is fixed, and I'm okay with that. It's just an extra, you know, for, as, as far as I'm concerned, it's an extra knight. Um, but it looks pretty good. Um, I did the base work on it. All I have to do is uh, finish, like, a do dry brush layer of, on the base work and then paint the, the black rim, and then I'll have a fully painted knight ready to go that um i spent a little time with so that that's been on my hobby desk so I'm, I'm finding i'm finding that i actually really enjoy finishing what other people have started or fixing what other people have broken like 
is that weird? Is that that's like a side of the hobby that I didn't know that I would enjoy? Like I know a lot of people like building, I know a lot of people like painting. I don't really do both either one of those very well, but I love fixing broken things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, broken broken things, broken things need out. love too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got some uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol kind of cleaned up and started gluing some of it. Um, but that's a bit about the most of my uh, my hobby lately. Uh, well, I unfortunately uh, doubled my painting black backlog for my Daughters of Cain um, by buying all of those models. Uh, so <laughs> I, I have the Shadow and Pain box assembled uh i needed to do that before i got rid of the rest of the box because i was getting rid of the instructions at the same time uh and i started working on assembling my cauldron of blood uh, or the blood rack cauldron um i only got a little bit of the way through it because i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to paint it in sub-assembly um, because of, I think, the small details and things like that are going to be a little bit too difficult to get paint on everything once it's fully assembled. So um, I started doing that, but um, I just haven't been motivated for hobby stuff lately. I've been playing some video games more with friends, um, but I've got the rest of the start collecting box to finish assembling uh, plus, I've got the other stuff that I had primed uh, before my Sisters of Slaughter unit and my uh, one of my units of harpies are primed and ready to get painted. Um, now I've got nice. a second unit of harpies. I've got 10 spear snakes. Um, I've got to assemble five more bow snakes. And I've got the uh, the third Witch Elves unit is already assembled. I did them with daggers and bucklers. Um, plus a couple other single models that I'll, I'll have to finish assembling and then get primed uh, and get painted to get, uh, get this small force uh, fully done. Nice. Um, I'm hoping to try, I'm hoping, I'm going to aim to try and get it done by the end of the year. Um, I'm still slowly working through my my yearly goal of uh, knocking out a bunch of stuff from my backlog from last year. Um, I'm making decent progress um, in the overall year, but probably not as much as I would have liked, but I'll probably get, get some mojo here soon and get a bunch of painting done. Catch up. Nice. Yeah. Little by little. Yeah. I've always been impressed with uh, both of you guys and, and your guys's level of hobbying. So I think between the three of us, you two are definitely keep a good pace. So, well, well yeah, I want to thank everyone for joining us on this episode. If you have not checked out rain and hell, uh, um, uh, game, uh, I really encourage you to do so. Uh, it's a fantastic rules, light system, minis agnostic, you heard us gush about it earlier, having a great time playing it. Um, and uh, we'll probably come back at the end of our campaign and, and kind of give uh, maybe a, a final assessment of it. Um, but uh, we're going we're gonna, to, with any luck, we're going to finish our campaign by the end of the month. And looking forward to that. 
We have some great ways for you to get involved with the Spellstorm community. Uh, every Thursday, we host a paint party on our Discord server. And then uh, we also have a monthly book club, which also takes place on our Discord server. This month, we are reading uh, Farewell, My Lovely by Raymond Chandler. So if you like old noir detective stories, uh, that's what we're reading um, <laughs> this month. And, um, and I think we get together on the last Sunday of the month in, in the afternoon. And so uh, nice, good conversations and stuff. So, um, but I can't believe you guys aren't reading like Frankenstein or Dracula or something. Well, here's the thing. Dracula was on the list. It just got outvoted. Oh. So. I, I think it was a, a missed opportunity. Yeah, there. opportunity but, missed, guys. Come on. Yeah. It's, it's spooky season. Read some spooky <laughs> stuff. Yeah, we watched a Halloween movie last night uh, together. <laughs> so uh, I love this. I love the season. So, um, but anyway, yeah. So uh, speaking of the Discord, that's where a lot of the conversation happens. And so if you um, want to join in on it, just uh, click the link that's in the show notes. And uh, the best way you can do to support the show is by telling your friends. Um, but thank you. Thank you.